Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I get into the stories, I wanted to give a trigger warning for sexual assault for the first two stories in this video. I'll have timestamps down below so you'll know which stories to skip in case you want to skip those. And as always, if you have a story of your own, be sure to send it my way at southerncannibal.com. All that being said, if you're ready to get into the stories, let's begin. And remember to always stay hungry. This happened when I was 13. My grandma was staying in town from Florida. She was staying at a hotel with a pool and my mom said we could go swimming there. I was going to invite my friend to swim too, but she had to rain check. When my mom and I got to the hotel, it looked fine. It didn't look sketchy or anything, and it wasn't on the bad side of town either. When we went inside of it, it was a little creepy though. It was dimly lit, and inside the decor, it looked a little outdated. After I'd changed my swimsuit inside my grandma's hotel room, we went outside to the pool area. There was another family there with three kids in the pool, and the parents sitting at the tables there. There was also a man sitting at a table and looking at his phone. He didn't look creepy or anything, so I didn't really pay too much attention to him. My grandma and my mom went over to a table while I went to the pool. I got inside the pool and I started swimming around. After about 20 minutes, I looked up and I saw the guy at the table now staring at me. I just looked away and went back to swimming. But after a few more minutes, I looked again and he was still staring at me. I was feeling uncomfortable, but I tried not to think about him. Well, 30 minutes later, I looked back over to him, and he was gone. I felt so relieved because now I could swim in peace. More minutes pass, and I needed to go to the bathroom. There was no bathroom by the pool, so I decided to go to the hotel room since it was super close. I went over to my grandma's and my mom's table and asked for a key. My grandma also asked me to refill her cup and get her some chips. So I went inside into the room. I was now at the door in this hallway. I felt uneasy and I started to look around. I could see a cleaner at the end of the hallway, as well as that guy from the pool on the other side of the hallway. I decided that I was just being paranoid and that I need to stop acting so scared. I had really started to struggle to put in the keycard, and I heard footsteps coming near me. The pool guy was walking towards me. I just ignored him because the door to him in the pool was behind me. The door finally opened, and I took a step in. I tried to close the door, but the pool guy swung it open. I started to scream, and he jumped on me. He tried to grab my chest and take off my bikini top. I tried to get unpinned by him, but he was just holding me down so hard. I just kept screaming, and then a cleaning lady came into the room. The guy got off of me, and he pushed the cleaning lady out of his way. I could then hear him running all the way down the hallway. My grandma and mom soon rushed into the room. The security found him on the top floor trying to hide. We called the police, which arrived shortly, and then arrested him, asking me questions. This happened four years ago, and I've only talked about it a few times. 
I was really scared to go back to a hotel for years after this. I missed out on so many vacations, and I've had a lot of nightmares about that day. So to the guy who tried to rape me in my grandma's hotel room, I really hope you rot in hell. It was around 8pm on the night of the 2nd, when I was looking through my Locantle personal messages. Most of them didn't stand out to me very much. However, one of them caught my eye. One made by a user named Kendi13. They asked for my number and asked me to call them, saying they had recently transitioned and were looking for friends. Not wanting to make a trans comrade feel bad, I obliged and I gave her my number. We talked for a while about various things with transition, and she kept telling me all about how she wanted me to come over. And when I was gonna say no, she would incessantly harass me and guilt trip me with how she really wanted me to come over, and how she wanted to buy me clothes and talk and stuff. After a panic attack from the harassment and an hour of waiting, I finally gave in. I hastily put on some eye makeup, took out $55 from my savings, and started heading to a Motel 6 where we could meet halfway. The whole ride over there, I was nervous and sleepy, constantly lying my head on the car window, drifting in and out of partial and full consciousness. Eventually, though, I did make it there, and I was greeted by the harsh cold with nowhere to go. The perp who introduced themselves to me as Ella told me, wait outside the hotel, but not near the office, I only paid the room fee for one person, to which I did, though I did briefly step in the office to try and shield myself from the cold, but nobody had seemed to notice or even care. Right before she got there, she told me to wait near room 261, and that I had to wait for her to arrive. When she did arrive, I was confused, as she looked entirely like a man, but I figured she might have been going boy mode or something. We walked into the hotel room and was sat on the bed. We talked about fluff subjects before she got up and got ready to change. After she changed into female clothes, she lied down next to me and told me while she didn't prefer sex, she liked intimacy much more. I was relieved at first, thinking I wouldn't have to do any painful penetrative sex or the like. The next thing I remember, we were both sitting next to each other in the bed me holding a glass bowl in my hand and her begging me to hand over the glass bowl as I'd been sitting with it for too long. I vaguely remember her rolling up a hotel slip, the one that contained the key to put some cream into a pipe and another opaque white substance within the stem of the pipe, an instant snow type thing that appeared to have the consistency of some kind of instant food paste. At this point, I was barely able to pay any mind to it as she just kept urging me, Relax, relax, you're overthinking it, stop being nervous, and other such things. Like a fool, I agreed, and I just kept smoking with her. After some time passed, she ordered me to put on this outfit, which even though I was high, I still was very uncomfortable doing. It was this sheer pink outfit, with crotch holes in both sides, and a fishnet type pattern, and I felt uncomfortable and I was also forced to put on this ill-fitting pink bra. When she saw I had body hair, she flipped out, grabbed me by my collar, 
and forced me into the shower. She forced me to strip down, practically yelling at me at this point with her body blocking the shower. I couldn't do anything but be on the verge of tears as she forced me to shave my entire body clean. And every little fuck up, she would yell at me and say, No, do it like this. Even something as little as shaving in slightly the wrong way or rinse off in slightly the wrong way or shaving in the wrong area when I shaved in another area. Even on the verge of tears, she'd still order me like this and not let me leave. Creepily, after a while, his facade would show through and he'd suddenly go back to talking in this gay flamer type voice, saying, It's okay, calm down. I'm not going to hurt you before going back to talking in this deep, intimidating voice not even a minute later. Eventually, after many minutes of nearly crying and shaking furiously, I was eventually finally let out, but not to anything better. My memory from this point onwards is a blur, but from what I recall, he turned on porn, and his facade had completely vanished by this point, speaking and acting entirely male, Opiate still wearing the wig and constantly intimidating me. He kept touching my genitals even after I asked him to stop multiple times. And whenever I tell him to stop, he'd just go right back to doing it a second later. This went on until I became incapacitated from a combination of the drugs and the intense state of despair I was in. At which point he told me various things such as, Your penis is mine and I'm not letting you have the surgery until I say so. You're going to be my slave. You will always be for me. And other things like that about owning and controlling me and raping me until either I became incapacitated from the drugs or passed out, at which point I blacked out. The next thing I remember is it was around four when I woke and there was still no sun. I went to the bathroom and I texted a plea for help to my roommate. I only had a few minutes in there before he tried to open the door and he started bothering me and constantly chiding me for being in there without him. I ran out and back into bed and I put my phone on the radiator in fear. I remember next then he forced me to give oral to him, now completely dropping his facade. I woke up to him hitting me multiple times and then demanding me to give him oral, of which I did. It was really painful for me the whole time, and every time I stopped for even a single second or two because I was about to throw up, I was forced right back on multiple times. After many threats, I'm really ashamed to admit that I swallowed after what felt like hours of agonizing forced oral. After that, he forced me to lie back down with him, and my only reprieve came when he went to go get more drinks from the vending machine, and I messaged my roommate again for help. My roommate had tried to message me numerous times, and after hours of not responding, due to him forcing me to lie in bed with him and perform sex acts on him, my roommate then decided to thankfully call the cops. After this, I decided to stall for time until the cops arrived. Ella had flipped a switch after this time, constantly asking me, What's wrong? Why are you shaking? Are you okay? Get over it. It's over now. You need to learn to control your emotions. It's all in your head. As if suddenly nothing bad had ever happened. And she was back to her normal friendly self. As if we had first met. And as if she was concerned 
and didn't just abuse, rape, coerce, and psychologically fucking scar me. As I waited hours for the cops to arrive, and with them not arriving, and him becoming suspicious of my paranoia, I thought he was on to me, and I convinced him to start driving me back home. I had to lie to guarantee my safety, and I told him that I'd been wrongfully declared as a missing person. I did this in order to explain the cops being after us, so he wouldn't try anything rash or dump me on the side of the road. He then proceeded to yell at me and coerce me into sending him a message and telling the cops that he was innocent, to which I obliged with the text message and gave an officer my number to talk to him later about the situation. He tried pressuring me again the whole time, and I had to stall for over 30 minutes without letting the cat out of the bag. I was scared and shaking the whole time, and he just wouldn't stop. I was holding my can of pepper spray the entire time, and occasionally filling my phone in my pocket, ready to activate emergency SOS if anything had gone south. Eventually, when I got home, I took the clothes he had given me just in case they were needed as evidence, and I in that moment got out of the car, ran straight into the back porch of my apartment, hopping the fence and nearly falling over, ran and shaking on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I threw the pillowcase full of clothes on the floor and lied down in my grandmother's bed, trying to gather my thoughts before calling the San Marcos Police Department and then trying again to calm myself down so I didn't have a psychotic break. After having a cup of tea and explaining the whole situation to my family and letting them all know that I was okay and safe, I called the San Marcos Police Department and I explained it to them as well to try and clear things up and begin to press charges. Ever since then, I felt great fear, and even typing this out brings difficulty. This is all a blur to me, and it was immensely hard for me to recall this and type all this out, but I really hope this works for the case. These are all the details I remember from that day, and everything that happened with the rape and coercion. I don't wish what I went through on even my worst enemies. This might not be the scariest story for some people, but to me, it still gives me the chills. I'm originally from California, and I recently moved back after living in Texas for almost a year. My boyfriend and I drove across three states and made kind of a road trip out of it, stopping at different Motel 6s along the way throughout Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and finally, California. Now, I know Motel 6 might not have the reputation as the bougiest place to stay, but when you're on a budget, it has all of your essentials covered for a very affordable rate, and we've stayed at several locations and never had a problem before. Well, that is, until we finally got to California. We picked a Motel 6 that's right next to an airport in Orange County, which is where my parents live and where I'd be staying for a while. We got to the motel around midnight, and everything seemed fine. The next day, I went down to the car in the parking lot to get some extra clothes and other items, while my boyfriend was still asleep in the room. To get a better idea of the motel's layout, all of the rooms were located inside a hallway that was behind a glass door that you had to unlock by holding your room key in front of it. Our room was on the top floor, which could only be accessed by using the staircase. We parked our car in the area of the parking lot that was only several feet away from the staircase. Anyway, 
I had to open our trunk to get some things from our suitcase. While I was digging around in the suitcase, I then heard someone say, Excuse me. In a soft, distant-sounding voice. Now, I didn't think much of it, so I ignored it at first. Then I heard it again, this time louder, so I looked up. I saw a dark-skinned man in a black SUV parked two spaces away from me, looking directly at me. Once he thought he had my attention, he asked if I had seen this girl Then he apparently had a picture of on his phone, and he proceeded to pull out his phone to show me a picture. Right away, warning bells started to go off in my head. I knew if I came over to his car to look at the picture, it could possibly end badly. However, I did catch a glimpse of the phone just briefly for less than a second, and what I saw made my heart rate speed up in fear. It was a young-looking blonde girl with pink streaks in her hair and pigtails, and there were several smaller pics next to it which means that he probably more than likely just did a quick Google search, meaning there was no girl. I slammed the trunk shut, locked my door, and ran up the stairs, yelling something like, Sorry, my boyfriend's texting me, in a shaky voice. Once I reached the top of the staircase, I peered around the corner and saw the SUV pull away, and I realized that there was also someone in the passenger seat. But the story doesn't end here. Once I thought the coast was clear, I came back down. I reopened the trunk, and as I went to the back of the car again, I heard the same voice. I looked up yet again, and realized the SUV was still here. He'd only moved a few more spots further away, and under a tree. This time I booked it the hell out of there, running and yelling my boyfriend's name, almost at the point of tears. Even though I knew he couldn't hear me from inside the room, it also didn't help matters that I left my phone in the room as well. I can't really explain this next part, as anything other than a stroke of pure good luck and an undeniable psychic connection that my boyfriend and I have had several times throughout our relationship. Because as soon as I got to the stairs and opened the glass door leading into the hallway, who should be coming out of the room except my boyfriend? My boyfriend said he woke up and had a really bad feeling that I was in trouble. At the time, I was so overwhelmed with joy and relief. We ultimately decided not to inform management about the SUV or go back down and get the plate number. Thankfully, nothing else happened, though we both thought we saw the SUV the next day parked in a different spot. My boyfriend and I both think it was easily a trap for human trafficking, especially since we were so close to the airport. I should also add that I'm a 32-year-old female, but very petite and small-framed. It's not uncommon that people often mistake me for being much younger than I really am. So, I say it's a strong possibility. Either way, I'm just glad my boyfriend was there and sensed that I needed him and got there in time. I'm really lucky.